0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Vegan Sexy Cool podcast. I'm Jackie Reed. I hope everyone is doing as well as can be given our new normal. Listen, I wanna thank you guys for your comments and questions. Your feedback is really, really helpful. Um, and it's helping us, the Vegan Sexy Cool community, to grow in ways that are beneficial to you because that's what we're all about. Be sure to leave comments after you hear the podcast here and subscribe and tell a friend. Also, follow us on social media at VeganSexyCool on all platforms. And check out the latest on the website, VeganSexyCool.com. And while you're there, please sign up for the newsletter. I have a great guest for you today. He is a very busy man, to say the least, working in music film, and television, but most of you probably know RZA from his work with the Wu-Tang Clan. Well, I sit down with RZA to talk about his 20-year vegan journey next. A photo of my guest today should be in the dictionary next to Multi-Hyphenate. He is a rapper most known for his work uh, with the iconic hip-hop group Wu-Tang Clan. A music producer, TV and movie producer, music writer, screenwriter, author, movie director, actor, he leads <laughs> meditation, and he is a vegan, <laughs> which is the main reason that he's here today. Uh, please help me welcome the one and only Riza. Riza, thank you for being here on the Vegan Sexy Cool podcast.
1: Peace, Jackie. back.
0: Yeah, so I have to start by asking, like I do most of my interviews these days, how are you doing? How are you and your loved ones managing this whole coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic situation that we're in?
1: Well, we, you know, we're definitely complying to what, you know, the state and government is telling us to do, which is be still, stay at home. <clears throat> and we've been, uh, you know, just finding more time to, play board games, <laughs> I've been playing more Madden with my son than I've played in a couple of years, um, and watching movies and really keeping it, keeping it still. Um, uh, you know, so we're taking it as a, I guess we're taking it as a blessing, a blessing in a sense for our family, even though it's a terrible, you know, curse for the, for the world right now.
0: Yeah. You know, but something that I've noticed that you've been doing, particularly on your social media, is encouraging people to uh, make the most out of this time. Learn something, you know, reflect on your inner self. I mean, they're just, I was reading, I can't, I wish I could remember off the top of my head, there was one saying that you posted on your social media that made me just sit there and go, "Dang." Hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I love that you've been sharing a lot of wisdom through social media. What do you think people should be doing? right now with this time, if they're not sick and they find themselves anxious or, or, or bored even with having to comply with, with um, you know, sick. I
1: mean, you know, there's so many things that we don't get time to do because of our work schedule, right, always hustle and bustling. So the things that you kept putting off, you know, you can now do. I don't care if it's just fixing the, 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 the leaky toilet, whatever it is, it's like, <laughs> Like, time, time is, is a commodity that we don't get back and how we spend it is so important, right? Now, of course, in a normal situation, you know, in a capitalist country, our goal was to go to work and make economics for food, clothing, and shelter for our family, but now that that's been reduced, it's like, so now what do you do, right? Well, there's other elements that makes a family strong. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding, you know what I mean? Understanding your culture of yourself and, 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 and the equality of all people, you know, love, peace, happiness, these are other aspects that we should be striving for since the, 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 hustle, the hustle game is being slowed down right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, true, so true. And one thing that folks can do, something that I have been wanting to do for a long time and really trying to get into, but my mind just won't let me, but I'm not giving up, is uh, meditation. And you lead meditation, actually. Tell us about this. It's an it's an album. How how
1: what is that exactly? Yeah, so meditation comes in many forms, right? You could sit still and meditate. You could chant. You could hum. You know, whether you're doing it through a yoga style, Buddhist style, Taoism, these all all these different ways to find meditation and mindfulness. What I've done, I've created a, what I call explorations, right, which gives you various ways to meditate. Because meditation could be conversation, anything that gives you contemplation. And causes your body to rec- become at ease, right? Slow down your heart rate, you know, slow down your anxiety, uh, let your subconscious body kind of take over your consciousness, you know what I mean? Anything you could do to help that, whether that's sitting still, getting more rest, reading a book, a nice bath with the right music, whatever it is, uh, is it's hel- it's healthy. And for me, I found that sometimes just walking, right, is meditation. So now we can't walk, but so much if you don't live in certain communities, right? Especially yeah. like New York. So that means what? Put your headphones on, get on your treadmill or whatever, or or whatever it takes and just find time to contemplate on yourself, contemplate on your life, contemplate on your inner being, you know what I mean? It's, and, and, and maybe cut off things that's affecting your outer being.
0: Yeah, I love that. And so where can we find your guided meditations, which I, I think is brilliant that you're doing that, especially now. I know you've decided to do it before this, um, but yeah. where you find it?
1: Um, it's on Spotify. It was a collaboration I did with Tazo Tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a brand they had called Zen Tea, right? Mm-hmm. And so Zen being, um, so Zen simply means awareness, right? And I've, I've always been striving to spread you know, to first of all, to the black community, and then from that community to the American community to the world community. I always start first with the foundation, which is you know my household, and then I build out. And awareness means that you have to always be conscious of yourself and who you truly are, and never lose that. Yeah. Right. There's a there's a a, a Buddhist teaching that says that you know you could be reincarnated as a cow or a fish or a cat dog, and I don't take that literal, right? Because I've never seen a cow talk cat, but the personality of a cow,
0: yeah, right?
1: The, the stubbornness of a pig, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? The frivolousness of a dog, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? The forgetfulness of a fish, right? These are traits that we can take on as humans based on what happens in our day, yeah. right? But once you're aware of yourself, of your human being quality, you know what I mean, your physical and mental capacity, you should stay there, you should never lose that. You should never have to die and come back in any, as anything but yourself. And that's what Zen is. So when Tazo had this Zen tea, and they reached out to me to uh, help promote it, I was like, well, this is right in line to what you know, I, 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 you know, I, t- I talk about every day, it's, it's part of my childhood philosophy. And it also ties in to veganism. Yeah. You know, one thing about uh, veganism for me, it started in a in a unique path. If I could talk about that for a little yeah, bit, yeah,
0: please, I would love that.
1: Okay, so it first started. You know, I was uh, like a leader of a bunch of young dudes, right? I was teaching them mathematics and things like that. And I was one day sitting there, and in the in the uh, we was at Ponderosa, right? This is oh. like in Ohio, right? <laughs> and I think I ordered steak for everybody, right? <laughs> And I'm sitting there eating the steak and one of the young men kind of walked over to my table. He's been reading a lot of research with me. He just finished reading the uh, ISIS paper by Dr. Francis Cress Welsing. Uh, he just finished reading uh, How to Eat to Live by Elias Muhammad. And he just looked at me and was like, yo brother, you seem to be a man with knowledge, but why are you eating that? Why you got that blood on your plate? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I looked at it and I kind of saw it as what it was. You know, me eating flesh, bleeding flesh. And so I just stopped eating red meat that day. It was more of a conscious decision. And as I kept going through life, you know, maybe a couple of years later, I was working on one of the Wu-Tang albums called uh, Liquid Swords, which is like the Jesus album, right? And we specialized in playing chess and eating turkey burgers. <laughs> and I'm talking about maybe five turkey burgers a day. That's like, that was the routine. Wow. tang Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and chicken wings. I mean, I could knock out 20 chicken wings back then, right? But one day I'm biting the chicken wing, and my teeth hit the bone. And my mind said, You're eating a dead bird, bro. It's just a dead bird. Yeah. And my consciousness said, Why the fuck? Excuse my language. But it was like,
0: You can go. Why,
1: why do I need a dead bird for me to survive?
0: Yeah.
1: Why do I need anything that's dead to put into my living, breathing body? And when I did the research, it's like a bull, which is a cow, right? Could grow up to 2,500 pounds of pure muscle and all it eats is grass. Yeah. So what's the use of me taking this myth that uh, society told me that I gotta have a portion of meat and a portion of milk and all these different portions to survive? I believe that, you know? I I was, I felt victim to that philosophy, but, Uh, The consciousness of of self, of saying I don't need something to die in order for me to live, that led me on my veganism uh, lifestyle. Of course, vegetarianism first, because it ain't easy sometimes to go cold turkey. So I stopped red meat first, then I stopped chicken. And the last was fried fish because that's like my family's tradition. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. You know
1: what I mean? A fish fry is like my mom's. Was like that was the thing.
0: That's like church uh, in the black community. A yeah, fish
1: it's fry. Like church. You know? <laughs> and that was the last thing. And luckily, it was at a Thai restaurant when they brought out the whole fish with the head on it, <laughs> and me and the fish had an eye to eye contact. <laughs> and and you would think that a fish uh, life is you know, meaningless, right? There's so many of them. Yeah. And it, and, and I, at the end of the day, I think, you know, the most important life, of course, is man's life. Right. This is why we're given dominion over all the animals. But our dominion is not to abuse them, you know what I mean? Right. Our dominion, we have dominion over something. You've got the ability to make it greater, to make it stronger, to make it produce more, right? To let, Make it grow. Not just, we're gonna just destroy it all, eat it all, make it all become extinct. So in that capacity, the fish, I don't know, I just felt like I don't need this in my body as well. And then the big question came, am I gonna get skinnier? Am I gonna get sick? What's gonna happen to me? Am I gonna be able to eat and have a a joyful life? Because food is part of joy, right? And part of life. And you know what? Yes. I enjoy so many different meals. Um, I have children who've never, hit a piece of dead flesh in their mouth from birth. Right. you know what i mean uh, my son doing one arm pull up, one arm pull ups all right yeah. <laughs> and it's like so it, so the myth about it he needs steak for that is 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 all a myth
0: So how did you approach? I mean, you—it's so funny. Everything that you—well, a lot of what you said right now is the are the things that I say when people ask me about you know why I'm vegan. I mean, I just was laughing to myself saying, "Yep, I say that, I say that, I say that." You know, but I wonder for you, especially because you know you you kind of weaned yourself off of meat slowly, you know, with with the beef and the chicken and then the fish. How was it those early years? Because you've been vegan for what, like twenty something? Yeah,
1: twenty years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how was it, especially because now you know you can go to Burger King and get an Impossible Burger. Like, there's so there's so many more options from you know, compared to when you started. So what was it like in those early days, making sure that you got the right nutrition um, and and whatnot, the things that you did need?
1: Well, being conscious of what nutrition is, right, and how to consume it, like. For instance, protein would be the biggest challenge for a vegan. But yet, uh, you know, an ounce of chickpeas contain more protein than an ounce of beef. All right, so just, uh, so I think beans became one of our major, you know, consumption in the beginning. Um, And then you start realizing that most plants, uh, you know, of course mushroom is another strong layer of protein. You know, not too much mushrooms is good for digestive, but it's a strong layer of protein. But most plants have protein in it, whether it's spinach, kale, they all have protein. So proper servings of any food is going to give you the protein. Protein is a basic structure of what? DNA. Right. Nothing exists without a sugar, an acid, or a protein. So no matter what you consume, there's protein in it. And then the myth is that you know, can your body, you know, how much protein can your body absorb? Well, you probably can absorb more protein from the bean than from the dead steak.
0: Yeah. You
1: know what I mean? So Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. You know, I, I, I hear you talking about nutrition. I know you've written two books. And I hear that you make a mean fried tofu. Like, when is the cookbook coming?
1: Wow. Well... Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta hook it up. You no, know it's so crazy, it's like, um so me and my wife, we try we me and my wife try different dishes, right? And it no no telling what we uh what we're we gonna experiment with. But we have our friends come over and they all seem to enjoy our cooking. Um, as far as this uh fried tofu and tofu, you know, you gotta balance that in your life too, not too much of it. And the yeah. minute it is better, of course. But uh it's basically, you know, you could take um some batter from uh, you know maybe some fish fry batter, mix it with the flour, right? Or maybe some fresh bread crumbs, you know what I mean? And and uh, you know, moisten that up, you know, make sure the tofu is moist. And you could take that and you could um are we here? Oh yeah you yeah, can i
0: for a second but go
1: ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. That's we could take and we could take that and and put it in some olive oil. Or some uh grapeseed oil, which I think is better to cook with. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yo, it tastes it, it it comes out tasting banging. Now look, all food is based on the seasoning, right? Yes. <laughs> no matter what you eat. Cause, you know, we, as black people, sometimes we used to have problems going to like, you know, like the the restaurant, the white dude bring out the potato salad. Like, I don't like this potato salad, I don't like the you know, right. some of their food. Their food used to be bland. You know, the Caucasian brothers had a lot of bland food in the in the early days. Now they, they figured it out too. They noticed add the spices, right? But yeah. it's those spices, whether it's the Indian spices, the Mexican spices, the, the soul food spices that make the food taste good. So we have all the spices. I have the curry, I have the turmeric, I have the, the cumin. I have uh of course um you know the That's oregano right I got the paprika, you gotta have that. You know, it, I got the Lowry's too. I don't go heavy on it, but I got the Lowry's. You gotta have it and some Obe.
0: Gotta, gotta have a little bit of Obey in
1: there. Exactly. I got the Obey, you know what I mean? <laughs> um <laughs> But anyway, taking all these different ingredients anyway and seasoning whatever you wanna eat, you know what I mean? Is the is the goal of it. And no and not overcooking it, right? Yeah. You know. Just just enough so that flavor is still bursting. Um so I'm into that. But as far as the cookbook, if I could get my wife to uh to 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 get down with me on that, maybe we'll do that.
0: <laughs> come on, come on. The people want that, definitely. And you are come on, you're a producer, you both are. You all produce things. So this is you all could do this. You all could do it. So let me ask you, how was it that you convinced? I, I hear numbers, percentages is but you let me know. Eighty percent of the members of Wu Tang Clan are now vegan or at least vegetarian. Is that true?
1: Yes, it wasn't, and it wasn't me convincing. No, like that's one thing about us. One thing about Wu Tang there's a bunch of alphas. It's not. There's no betas in the crew. Right? So you really can't convince none of us to do nothing. It's just the knowledge and the awareness. Each each one at at our own given time just became aware of it,
0: you and what makes it
1: beautiful. I was probably first, yeah. I was the first one in the uh, in the Wu Tang, yes. But what makes it what makes it beautiful though, is that as each one become aware, they actually bring something else to the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like our DJ Mathematics, he makes his own temp- tempeh. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, you know he, he goes there and he just he, he you know he'll, he'll he'll mold mold mold. He'll put it in the refrigerator, let it sit for three or four days, come cut it and serve it to his family. You know what I mean? Master Killer. He had, he, you know, he was, he did a lot of research and brought up a lot of information about uh, veganism, things I didn't, things I didn't even know. And mm-hmm. then Joseph, you know, who's a genius anyway, when he, you know, when he started getting into it, you know, he was, I mean, he, he's, he's so meticulous, man. He goes down to to the grains of whatever. I mean, like, he's just, I can't even <laughs> go as deep as he goes. And he also has the, has the ability to tie in, you know, the proper water to drink, the proper juice, the proper amount of alkalines and all these things. So, he's which like
0: Dr. CB, right?
1: Yeah, he's on some Dr. CB. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That sounds like that. Okay, I'm seeing it now, as A Wu-Tang vegan cooking show. would <laughs> <That's laughs> <gonna> be amazing.
1: <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> bom, bom.
0: You know, I wonder because, you know, you um, are definitely someone who's very concerned about the community and the world. And I wonder, is specifically the African-American community, and I wonder you know, how, what your feelings are with this whole COVID-19 and the research, which is no surprise to me, and I'm sure you, that the majority of the people um, that are dying from this are African-Americans. And it's not because we're, you know, um, contracting the virus more than others it's because of underlying health issues you know diabetes heart disease hypertension other things like that in our community that's hurting us most right now and I wonder you know if you find it challenging because I know I do to convince you know our people to start to look at what we're eating and what you know what we've been trained to eat from slavery right. until now, and you know just if it's if it's a, a concern of yours to get us to eat differently as a people.
1: It's a definite concern of, of, of us. One thing we gotta understand, I think Dr. Seabee was a genius at uh, dietitian and how what we should eat, and he, he you know he recognized that what what other um, you know racists let's call it right can consume based on their blood type based on their genetics is different than what we can consume. And we got to be conscious of that. It's like certain things, you know, just because, uh, like just because of our, our Caucasian brothers make it eat this, but we can't eat that. And certain things we can eat that they can't eat. You know what I mean? Right. And I think we got to be conscious of what we ingest into our bodies in a sense of if this, like, you know, it's, it's first of all, I don't know. I want to start off by saying I'm sad for the entire world because this thing started with my Asian brothers over in China and it killed a lot of them yeah. and it made its way to our Spanish brothers in Spain and our Italian brothers and, and it killed a lot of people and then it made its way to our shores yeah. and it's killing a lot of people and then the new data that comes out is saying that it's not just killing a lot of Americans, it's getting a high ratio of killing the black Americans in the New York. I think the highest number is for the Latin Americans. Yeah. And that's, you peculiar. Know, it's, vacu- it's, it's, it's very peculiar, but they are relating it to uh, two things. One, our diets, our... Oh, I diets, right, which come you know, we're not, we're not paying attention to, like, if you're buying certain uh, foods with all these other chemicals and all these other things that's breaking down your immune system, when, it's, when something else jumps into it, it's going to... Uh, be an easy attack for that virus. Secondly, I don't think we pay attention to the, the you know, by the time you may get, you know, for all, for all the meat eating brothers, they may wind up getting some meat that, you know, three weeks travel before it hit the hood and hits your plate.
0: Yeah.
1: Whereas, you know, the the upper class, they could get it fresh off the boat, as we could say. Yeah. So, and, and then we got to realize that, that, you know a vegetarian lifestyle right because if you look at india which has a stronger population mm-hmm. right of yeah. melanated people because india is, you know they call themselves indians they black people they got a strong concentration of melanin coming all through their pores right they are probably in more poverty conditions than us yeah but it's a strong vegetarian diet in a country like that you know what i mean and the 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 meat, when it gets into your body, right, it, bec- it becomes susceptible, uh, susceptible to other things. It gives, it gives viruses things to latch onto, right, right? And, 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 and multiply, you know. So for our community, we should definitely think about changing our diets, changing our health habits in a sense of getting more physical health. You know what I mean, making sure you get your heart rate up every day to a certain number so that your blood is always moving, that keeps the chi moving, your blood moving, keep the blood fresh, so that when something enters, those those white cells are ready to fight and those red cells are ready to carry that oxygen. There's so many things that we don't do. You know, obesity is coming heavy in our communities. Yeah. You know what I mean? The alcoholism, the ingesting, the tobacco, the vape, and all these things. We're not built for that, y'all. Yo. You know what I mean? We are built. You know, for for for, like I look at. I just want to say this honestly. I look at some of the old Egyptian pictures, right? Mm-hmm. And the hieroglyphics, and you'll see them kind of shirt off. And, you know, you know, great bodies, tall, right. jewelry, floating, giving their girl flowers. <laughs> Beautiful. Right. We're, we're 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 that's that's what we're supposed to we're supposed to be. We ain't supposed to be who we are emulating right now. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't match. It doesn't match us, and so and then when you take the second part of it, which is underserved communities, right? Yeah. Whereas you know, you know, the hospitals aren't in the best condition. The schools aren't in the best conditions in our community. If if there's no, if there's a lack of supplies in America right now, overall for anybody, that lack is going to be multiplied in a poor community. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think the, all these factors are leading to us who we thought we couldn't get the virus i remember a couple of weeks ago you know talking to my daughter and all her friends they was like oh it's a white virus i was like viruses baby viruses don't work that way baby no you know what i mean viruses don't discriminate
0: a dangerous rumor that was going around i could not believe it
1: yeah i think well you know and we do that sometimes like you know
0: yeah
1: you know we have that complex of you know certain things but we should be conscious it's just like any other bacteria it's a it's it's called medically a pathogen Mm
0: -hmm. and it
1: makes a path once it gets into your body it's micro and it'll get into get into you and when it's it's inside of you it multiplies yeah okay it splits and splits and splits just like we all started as a single cell (laughs) you know maybe when we went to into our to our you know When our mother and father could bind those cells, it was single. When it multiplied to trillions, viruses do the same thing. bacteria do the same thing. And we got to be conscious that what we put in our bodies can aid them in multiplying or stop them multiplying.
0: Yeah, very well said. Very well said. Well, I have to ask you because I know you were supposed to have it. I'm trying to find the name of the movie, but you have a movie coming out, Cutthroat City, that's supposed to come out um, this month, and I wanted to ask you, you, um, are directing this. Um, I don't think that you're starring in it at all, but what's going to happen with the release date of that? Because in Hollywood now, because of COVID-19, so many productions have been halted or they're going directly online. What's going to happen with Cutthroat City?
1: Yeah, we haven't decided what to do with that movie yet, but yeah, the Hollywood, I mean, our whole system is suffering because of COVID and, you know, rightfully so, you know, stay at home and- yeah self-quarantine, so that's the first primary thing that we all are looking at, and we're, we, so, you know, we all taking a loss in, that, in, the, in the economic capacity, but the economic loss is nothing in comparison to the loss of a life. So, you know, the team of my people who uh, who did the film, you know, we're having conversations, you know, do we hold it until fourth quarter? Yeah. Do we just, do we put it out direct, you know, VOD or through a streaming network so that people could enjoy it while they're sitting still, so we haven't made a decision. But I will say that, uh, you know, the, the industry as a whole um, has been very respons- responsible and responding to what this is. What I mean by that is, like, I've seen productions stop,
0: yeah.
1: right? That means, you're talking about $50, $60 million productions that just halted and everybody went home. Yeah. Uh, writers' rooms all home. And, and, it, and it's kind of uh, something we could commend to see our industry halt. You know what I mean? And not put economics in front of public safety. And so I'm proud to be part of that industry and I'm proud that we was like, yo, sit still. Don't worry about it. You know, we put a lot of money on it. Don't worry about it. We are gonna do what's right for the people and for our country.
0: I'm glad to hear that. Um, and when I saw this trailer though, I said, this looks like a really good film. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about what it's about? So, you know, because the Anthem. Man,
1: it's definitely a really cool film. I'm very, very proud of it. Uh, I think it's my best work to date. I got a great cast in there. It's, it's funny, it's, it's actually about tragedy, right? Hurricane Katrina right. Uh, was something that hit our community. Uh, hit the Louisiana community and, and, and the Ninth Ward in particular, a lot of people was left for drive. It was funny when I heard Governor Newsom on, on his press report today. He mentioned Katrina about the people that were standing on the roofs were the black people. Yeah. He's like, why does the poorest people pay the highest price? Right? And I was like, wow, he's right. And then my film is about that. My film is about the poorest community being left behind. And yet, our community is filled with aspirations, yo. Even right now, there's so much aspiration in our community. But if that aspiration is not met or fulfilled, it can turn to desperation. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah. the film, desperation definitely makes its face shown in the movie, Cutthroat City.
0: Yeah, the, the trailer is all that, so I can't wait um, to see it. I did want to ask you, um, what's Wu-Tang, what's, what are the members of the Wu-Tang Clan working on? Because I heard that you all have these Wu Wednesdays. Are you <laughs> doing that?
1: <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> right now, right now, all the brothers are just, you know, home with their families. We, we got this, we got a Zoom. I actually got to jump on a Zoom in about 30 minutes with them. So yes. we just Zoom in and we're talking to each other and, you know, t- talking about different, you know, things to use. Like, brothers like, yo, make sure you take your black seed oil. Yes. Make um, sure you got your turmeric and like, Love you know, your, your, your elderberry, like, like, it's like, it's like our our conversations have been very uh, family oriented. And, you know, we have people in our family uh, who have contracted the virus. My aunt has it. Uh, she's, uh, she's out the hospital now. She's um, oh, being taken care of by my cousin Mook. He's brought her home and he's, they're both quarantined and he's doing the same thing. He's juicing the kale and. And he's just, it's just, just, we're, so we're just talking about like how to keep safe, how to help our families. uh, And and if that helps the rest of the world in any capacity through our experience, then bong bong.
0: Yeah. Well, one last question, and then I know you got to go, but you know, I watching, you know, Wu Tang and American Saga, you know, it just, I think about you when you were so much younger and you were just such a visionary then. And I wonder, what you think of the future of veganism? You know, not just here in the U.S., but just in the world. I mean, we, we've hit this moment where it's just—it's just become so big, right? Um, every, you know, I think, yeah. um, you know, some magazine, The Economist, called 2019 the year of the vegan. Like, what do you see for the future of veganism?
1: Well, I think like we are all evolving, you know what I mean, and we are all debunking a lot of myths. And veganism is not only healthy for every man, woman, and child, it's also healthy for the planet. Yeah. It's healthy for the, the population of the bird, fish, animals, and things of that nature. And the industry that, that is pr- promoting the, let's call it the, the carnivorous uh, industry, their carbon footprint, their damage to the planet uh, is increasing. And I think the revelation of, look, we need to slow things down and stop. Uh, We need to evolve and realize that we can thrive, right, by making the right choices. And veganism is a right dietary choice. I will not deny that there's going to be some people that based on their blood type, based on their genetics, that they may have to, you know, include certain things into their diet, right? at given at different given points, you know what I mean? But that is probably a smaller part of our population. Maybe that's a 10% part of our population, of the world's population, not 90%. Right now, vegans are probably making up, you know, 10 to 15% of the population. Yeah, I would love to see that become 50% all the way up to the highest level we can take. And I think we will evolve to that.
0: Yeah, I hope so too. I hope you're right. Orisa, thank you so much for being on the Vegan Sexy Cool podcast. You're definitely an inspiration, not just for vegans, but for all of us. Um, thank you. And look forward to everything you're working on, really.
1: Thank you. Stay safe. And may the people that's watching your show stay safe. Peace and blessings.
0: Thank you. Peace and blessings. Peace. And blessings. And that does it for this episode of the Vegan Sexy Cool podcast. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, leave a review, and comment if you like what you heard here today. Hey, everybody, stay safe and stay sane. I'm Jackie Reed, wishing you wellness.